Welcome to episode 18. We have brought back Austin Stout to talk about the short game versus the long game. And if you don't know what that means, that's okay. We dig deep into this episode talking about where our focus needs to be as coaches, where our focus needs to be as clients, and how that can help us to really make lifestyle changes, thinking more about the process, thinking more about what we want our life to be like, as opposed to that short-term goal of losing weight, looking a certain way. So welcome, welcome. We would love to have you join us every other week on the Parallel Physiques podcast, and let's get into the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Parallel Physiques podcast. Kenneth is back from his exciting weekend. We'll give him a minute to talk about that in a minute. We also have Austin Stout with us here today. A repeat of Austin. Uh, We are so... Am I the first repeat? Uh, No, Trey was... No, Matt. And Matt was too. Matt was a repeat too. Darn it. You know what, though? Austin, it's... It's difficult to get to you. We were just talking about the fact that you do short seven-minute naps. So we know that your, <laughs> your calendar is tough to get into. So, you know. so before we get into the long game versus the short game, um, let's talk to Kenneth. Hey, talk to us about your last weekend. Yeah. Uh, man, where to start? Uh, mostly, I'm just proud of uh ryan so for for those of you listening that don't necessarily know um we did uh ryan farida and i he's a client long-term client of mine about three years now we did uh bodybuilding competition junior usas and that is a national level show in which if you win you get a pro card and you're inducted into the ip pro division or league, I should say. And um, Ryan and I, man, we prepped for 25 weeks. It was long and Austin was in the background helping and um, you were my emotional support animal, Laura, <laughs> through the whole thing. And um, it's it was just a really, really sweet victory. We won and Ryan got his card and um, I got a little time at the beach with Layla and, um, but it was also, it's still surreal a little bit um, because it's something as a bodybuilding coach, you know, it's, it holds importance. I think, uh, I don't know, maybe Austin, you can touch on this. It's important because it's like a bad, it's like a badge of honor, but it's also like in the industry, it's probably got more weight to it than maybe what you and I put on it. Like, I'm like, I'm glad I got it. I'm not unhappy, but that's not what makes me a good coach. But there's a lot of people that say you're only a good coach if you have a pro card. And so there's a little bit of that where, you know, it's, it's some vindication or some, um, validation that I'm good enough. So that's, that's probably where the blur part is coming from. I'm just going, wow. Like, we actually did it. So, yep. But yeah, I mean, yeah there's, yeah. there's, uh, I kind of always compare it to like if you 
it's like saying I want to ask this person for advice because they're an IFBB pro versus this person. It's like, well, <laughs> that may not be the answer. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. but but as we know, it does it does hold weight in terms of reputation, I think, and to to some extent to certain people. Right. Yeah, I would say like I think most of our clients consistency over time and watching us grow as coaches and get smarter and all of those things. Those are really the clients that we want and the clients that we have. And then then you sprinkle some in there that are the pro card chaser type people that are like, well, I'm just going to hitch my wagon to this guy because he recently got a pro card and that's not the why that shouldn't be why you're, you're working with somebody. Um, so, you know, it's a double-edged sword. It gives you some legitimacy, but it also kind of brings some some riffraff along with it, maybe. I don't know. Um, Austin, you have some people that you're working with right now that are getting ready for shows, right? Yeah, I've got a handful of national shows this year. The, the most, the next ones will be uh, the Universe, which I know Ken has one in. So I'll have two people at that one, men's physique and wellness, and then... We'll have North Americans and Nationals and Who's Amateur Americans? Derek. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh that's sweet. Derek and another guy, Luke, who okay. will be a bodybuilder and a classic physique guy. And then Nationals, Amateur Olympia. So like there'll be like five, I don't know, four or five national shows this year. I'll be at the amateur Olympia too. Yeah. yeah. So we'll be, it'll be a lot. There's a lot, a lot of people prepping. It's actually funny because almost all my people that are prepping are doing national shows. Yeah. And the cool that's, thing about that's it. That's the most, that's the most since I've met you. Yeah. Well, the cool thing about it is a lot of them are clients that have been with me for a long time. We've like, built them up to being ready for that level of show. That's which, really cool. Yeah. Which, you know, as a coach, like that's where I think people, if they pay attention, that's what really kind of, uh, if I were looking for a coach, I would, I would be like, okay, well, who's the person that can, you know, take these people and build them up to this, to this level. Right. Right. That's what Ryan and I did. So it was three years, you know, we, we placed, uh, he missed his pro card. The first national show we did, we took a year and a half off. Um, and actually we did miss his men's physique pro card by one point, then went to, uh, North Americans and got third call outs. It was terrible. And then, um, off and then won this time around. And it's, I think that's, that's really the sign of a good coach when somebody can take you know, somebody at a, at a base level and build them up to a national level competitor. So maybe Laura's next, who knows? You'll just, you'll be at, we'll be at North America before we know it. <laughs> they have, hey. listen, they have masters, they have masters division there. There you go. I know. Yeah. I'm over here just eating all the food and lifting heavy weights. That's all I'm doing. I'm yep. not, even, I'm not even thinking about it. But you bring up, you know what though, you guys having this conversation brings up a good point, right? When we're talking about short game versus long game, that's what you're talking about here, right? Like mm -hmm. you can have a competitor come to you or a person who looks a certain way and feels like 
I want to do a show in 16 weeks. And all they're thinking of is the short game, like six, I want to get there now. When you say it is better to find a coach who's going to put the brakes on possibly and go, hang on, we have to have you in a certain spot. We have to get you to where we need you to be. And that's going to take time. And that's just like when we work with our lifestyle or gen pop people, right? Is we have to look at the long game. Like, why are we doing this? And what are we doing this for? And how can we get you there in the best possible way? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And related to, you know, related to competitors, you know, you, you get both sides. Like some people will come to you like, Hey, I, I want to prep for do my first show or prep for this show or whatever it might be. And then the other side of it is they might be like a loftier goal. Like I want to be an IPB pro or place at a pro show or do the Olympia or whatever it is. But each of those, you know, each of those things take steps. So like if someone is just wanting to do their first, their, uh, their first show or do a show with you, chances are it's probably not going to be their only show. Maybe they'll do it and they won't like it. That's a possibility, right? Mm -hmm. But let's assume that this person is probably going to keep going, right? So our, our roadmap needs to like project, project out for these people, right? Um, and that's why we see, you know, I had a conversation recently about like the shelf life of competitors, especially women. Right. Like looking at the turnover rate with female competitors and how high it is, you know, it's, it's astronomically high. It's it. And the, the fact, the problem is like a lot of people don't see it because they haven't been in the industry long enough to kind of like put two and two together and see like, right. Oh, wow. Where did all those, that person's clients go or who, where's so-and-so or where's where so -and -so? did their thyroid go? Right. Look at, yeah. I mean, look at the, um, look at the Olympia. At, at like bikini level and stuff it's always changing and if you look over five years half of them are gone right mm -hmm. <laughs> and in the gutter you know yeah. and in that and, and then we're talking like upper echelon of genetics there just imagine what all these other people are experiencing that have a hard time losing you know two pounds of body fat like what they're yeah exactly they're in big trouble so so you know. no, so that would be, so when you talk about that piece, that's like, we're going to drive you and we're going to push you so hard that your body just really can't, you can't continue to do that for the long term, And that's why those ladies drop out. That's why you don't see them anymore because their body just won't allow them. I mean, you just can't get them into that spot anymore. Is that what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's twofold though. It's twofold because there's a psychological aspect that comes along with this where a lot of the time they're whoever they're working with, or if they're working on their own, they're not really, they're not really fostering this long-term outlook. So when you, when you have a certain outlook, you're going to, you're going to essentially ignore a lot of stuff. Right. And we've all done it. And there is a place for that. I mean, six weeks out from a show, listen, not everything's going to be great right? You have to do, it's not going to be healthy. There's a lot of things that go into that that aren't necessarily healthy. However, we can't operate like that all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, right. we can't, we can't be in that zone 24 seven. And a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of the industry kind of, kind of breeds that mentality that like overly hyped, you know, overly hyped, short-sighted mentality where, you know, 
you can do it. You can blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, let's take a step back. Like, what does this actually entail? And what yeah. ramifications does this have? It's like the David Goggins, like, let's, you know, don't not ever go to the gym. Always go to the gym. Always, always, always. Never, you know, don't stop. Keep going. And I remember, you know, being in that mindset when I first started as a competitor myself, but also just, you know, as a coach early on and, you know, working with you, Austin, and um, a couple other people in the past. I learned, I started to learn like, oh, we can't press the gas pedal down 100% of the time with these competitors or there's going to be a psychological issue, like you said, or there's going to be something, you know, physical that's going to be, you know, we're going to, we're going to cause a physical adaptation that's not going to be good. And so at the end of the day, uh, I will never forget <laughs> the, the last woman that I, that I prepped was, was Lisa. And you and you helped me with Lisa, and uh, she, she did really well at her show, and she had the best conditioning at the show, and we were really proud of her. Um, but we're about four weeks out. It was about mm, six, four to six weeks out, something like that. And I was kind of talking to you about some hesitations I had in terms of the diet, and you looked at me and you go, "Fucking send it." Right. I was like, because I was like, I was like, let's go. And and, the, and this is what you said after that to, to like say, this is the only time that this is okay because it's a short period of time. You said we're at a six to four week period of time. You can do this and we can mitigate issues, you know, that most people wouldn't do because they're taking that four, four week time frame, six week time frame. And they're stretching it out over a 16-week period of time, and right. that's causing more damage than than us sending it for for six to four weeks. But when you when you did that to me and you grinned at me, I was like, "Oh, okay, let's go then." <laughs> so. Right? Yeah. I mean, the governor comes off like at a point. I mean, what's your depends on what the goal is, but also understanding that the sustainability of that, like we can't keep keep doing that, you know. And there's yeah. where a lot of the of course, like a lot of body image issues and stuff come into play with people wanting to having this expectation of being like this all the time or or even anywhere close to it. You know, I figure I always tell tell someone, male or female, like what would it look like if you trained, you know, relatively moderate to hard and you ate at maintenance calories and you kind of did that all the time? Like what would your body naturally look like would you have some body fat would you have abs naturally what would you look like now get some idea of what maintenance or maintainable body composition looks like for you based on that right the answer for most women is not boxed out glutes and a six-pack like that i don't <laughs> there's not many that are yeah. going to be walking around with that yeah. all the time without some kind of negative adaptation going on right you're right i think you're that's that's an interesting thing when you when we flip that into gen pop or lifestyle right is most of these women that come to us and they're like i want to lose 10 pounds 15 pounds 20 pounds whatever the hell it is it's not really about the pounds it's about how they look and they want to look like that and they want to look like that all the time or close to that all the time and their vision is I see all these things that tell me I can, I can get you there in 10 weeks. I can get you in 30 days. We can get you right. 
And, and yeah, you, I was just speaking with a lady today is like, yeah, you can get someone to drop 12 pounds, but then that rebound is going to be ridiculous because you can't stay there. You know, like you said, it's like a four to six week thing or whatever it is. And then you have to find that maintenance. Where's that maintenance? Because your body won't let you and your mind won't let you stay in the deficit that, especially for a female, that you would have to stay in walking around looking like that. It's like, hey, Laura, I have a wedding in 10 weeks. I want to look like this. Okay, cool. What do you want to look like after the wedding? Also, right. right. Do you, do you right. want to be a fat, miserable shit after your wedding? <laughs> right. I'm probably like, not. You know what's you know so mean? great? I love right. that you say that because honestly, <laughs> I mean, probably not. Honestly, though, <laughs> women, like women, when they get married, right? What do they do? their wedding pictures that is the one day that they look like that and then the and then they never look like that again ever. yeah right it's like what are you doing yeah yeah so for, so from your perspective austin and we were talking about this a little bit off air before we got on the podcast and i had a recent client come to me she's in her 50s and um i you know, you do this for long enough and you start to learn like, okay, does this person have longevity? You know, you have, you end up finding, you end up having a lot, a lot of conversations and these conversations, uh, sort of show you patterns in types of personalities and whether somebody's going to be resilient or whether somebody's going to be able to, uh, to, to have the discipline or whatever it is that you're going to work on. And this particular individual had some functional issues. And, um, so we had a two hour long conversation and that conversation was really geared around not only like the onboarding process when it comes to me, but it was also expectations, laying out expectations. And the, one of the expectations was, okay, you know, Nancy, the, the, the length of time here is probably going to be a year, if not two based on my experience, based on my experience and the issues that you have, this is going to be a year or two before you're really where you want to be, the where you want to say you want to be. And so uh, are we under the understanding that this is going to be a long haul thing? Yes. I still entered into that relationship thinking we're probably not going to make it that long. Well, we made it six weeks, right? And now she's waving the white flag. And it's because there's a psychological aspect to it. There's, you know, uh, lifestyle changes that are, that feel abrupt, even though we've kind of, we slowly did a lot of things. Um, and so there's ways to kind of ease people into it. But what I see is from a longevity standpoint or that long game standpoint, I'm looking at very few people making it over the long haul. Is that what you see? One, two, how do you have the conversation with the client up front to set the expectation? Hey, like this is going to be long and hard, but I'm walking with you. However, walking with you does not mean that I'm holding your hand. I'm not babysitting you. You have a part to play in this and I'm going to be here as a help, but I'm not going to be, your codependent significant other, right? So 
I don't know. Maybe you can expand on that. So I think the the grim the grim truth here is that success rate is not that good. Right. Right. I think that this industry, even really, you know, good coaches can maybe uh, are better at having these conversations or or better at seeing patterns just from like repetition, and maybe they're more equipped psychologically, but still no matter how good you are and you and i and laura i mean like we've talked about these things no matter how good you are you can't always get through to everyone and nobody can get through to them sometimes you know there's not there's not like a certain thing that we're we kind of put that pressure on ourselves there's not like a certain thing that we're not doing you know it's just that they just don't want to do it right they just Mm -hmm. it's just not enough of a priority to that person and And that's why over time, of course, that yo-yo dieting and and this cyclical pattern of, of each time they, they restart, it's always worse, you know, over and over again. But uh, yeah, but you're right, Ken. I mean, the reality is that like a lot of people just drop off for, for reasons which are just that they don't want to make the changes, you know, like I always use the example of you see people smoking with their oxygen tank on, you know, walking around. It's not that important to them, obviously. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. I mean, that was my great grandmother. You know, and hey, you know, and I used to, I'll be honest, like I used to get really bent out of shape about it. Like, why do these people not care? Right. And I'll, and I'll do everything that I can do, but at a point, there's only, I mean, there's only so much. There's only so much that we can do as coaches, but, but yeah, I think a lot of that upfront conversation and being realistic with a client and setting and giving them realistic expectations is, is huge. I mean, that's vital in the process, especially when you're seeing those patterns right out of the gate. Some people don't need that conversation as much because they kind of, they've done these things already and they're kind of ready. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. They're like, I've already done all the bullshit. I'm kind of ready to just hand over the reins but I would say that's the minority, right? That's right. that's a, a lot lower percentage of people. What generally happens, and this is competitors too, is that they just don't want to change anything, right? And and so being being honest, but also being cognizant of trauma and things that things that are holding this person back, I think is important, and kind of using that like I said, projecting forward. Like I always ask, I and I've told you guys this, like I like asking people questions and and letting them like repeat stuff back to me because I want it to come out of their own mouth, right? Like I want them to hear, I just want to blab at them. I want, to, I want them to hear it, write it down, hear it, say it, whatever. You know, where where do you want to be two years from now? Like we're in, we're in what, June almost already? And I, I guarantee there's a bunch of people that were, you know, six months ago that had a goal and they could probably be pretty far right now. Had they not given up February 1st, but they screwed around, you know, they messed around and gave up. And I'm like, well, now we're in June. Like, look, look at all the progress. You could have been halfway to your year goal. Yeah. And months like stuff flies by. Yeah. You know, and in in reality, it's not, it's not like, it's not as difficult as people make it out to be because in reality, what do people do? They get up, they do the same stuff 
usually every day, even if you're not up there, like we well, are a bodybuilder, you're super routine. I'm like, you're right. I'm more routine than most people, but even a, a normal person that's not a bodybuilder is pretty routine yeah. for the most part. Yes. Yeah. You're kind of getting up and doing the same stuff and you probably eat similar shit other than maybe on the weekends, you know, you go to work, same time, you come home, you play with your kids, you look, whatever, yeah. right? So like, if we can just modify that routine a little bit and that's, and it's going to accumulate over time. And so if we, we really have to like break it down in that simplistic, that simplistic, you know, form for people, for them to understand it, but they're afraid, you know, they're afraid to, to change anything. You know, and it's amazing to me. And I, li I like how you said that, that, you know, people, people don't want to change when it's so like, you have to, you will change. It's the most amazing thing to me. I talked to my clients about this too. It's like, so you see, especially women who, you know, clients who have children, right? You watch them change so much from like day zero, day one, not zero, day one to like, right? Till like they hit 16, 17, you're like, you see this gigantic change. And all of a sudden we become adults and we think nothing is going to change. I'm in my 20s, everything is the same. I'm in my 30s, everything is the same. I'm in my 40s, everything. And it's, it is the most baffling thing to think, like, why do we do that to ourselves? Because what you said is people don't want to change. The fact is people change. Your body, and we talk about this all the time in functional health, right? Your body's always changing, right? Your gut microbiome is always adapting and, you know, physiologically we're always, but we are physically changing every day as we age. You get to choose what that looks like based on your choices, right? But those choices have to change as you age. So to say, I don't want to change, like, and I'm going to be in my fifties drinking beer and eating pizza and having the chocolate cake all the time. It's like, well, then you're going to get what you get. Right. Mm -hmm. And you can't, you can't mm -hmm. come and say, dang, I want to look like I, what I did in my twenties. Like, well, you need to change then. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's, and that's for routine people that are routine. Yeah. Like I've, if you've done the same thing, if you bodybuild for long enough, like I've changed a lot of things, what I did before maybe doesn't work now or something's different, you know, it's, it's inevitable, but, but again, like you said, you know, they, people can't really see past right now, you know, unfortunately it's difficult. Yeah. So when I think about it and I'm just curious, if you had to pull all of your experience over the last, what, 13, 14 years and say out of hundreds, thousands of clients at this point, um, is there one success story or a couple of success stories that were impressive when it came to the long game? Like it was a really long game and they, they got to the end or um well in addition to that what percentage of success do you see if you really just sat here and kind of marinated on it and then um, yeah and then the last part of it i would say is actually answer that and then i'll ask the next question i was gonna say so many layers to these questions yeah. i don't have to keep yeah. track <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of success stories. I think the ones that I 
I think the what you mentioned, those are some of my favorite success stories are the ones where I know damn well that it was really difficult for them to let go of all of those habits and mindset and change. And I give them a lot of credit. Like you know, you know that I don't I don't like throw out compliments for no Never. reason. Right? <laughs> right. It's like if you got one, you fucking earn that shit, man. So like that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Like I have one I have a couple right now that are kind of in that boat. I posted a girl yesterday, I think, Madison on my page. She was a great example of a more current person. And I have a few um where I mean she had everything, man. Like you name it, she had it. And yeah, you know, and not only that, but the psychological aspect, like when you get to that point, you don't feel good, everything sucks, and you right. are really in a, a dark place. And she it took some time, it took some slow tweaking, but she took the feedback and she slowly over time, you know, took my reminders. Cause like, like, again, even people that do listen, you have to kind of remind them, reinforce, remind, reinforce, remind over and over again, but took it and now is on the backside of it and is, you know, losing body fat and not having symptoms and all this stuff. And this, and this is somebody that had basically every functional health issue that you could, you could think of all at once, Jeez. you know, yeah. um, and I had another great one, another great one right now, this uh, that I posted recently, uh, she was pregnant, probably saw she really overweight when she started and then she lost a bunch of weight, blah, 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 all that fed up, you know, fed up for a year, a year and did the labs fed up, did the labs every, and every time I would ask her, even there was even points where I'm like, you good? You know what I mean? You good? Are you sure? Are you how you like? You know what I mean? Where are we at? You you feeling all right? Are you good? Yeah, you know because I'm like this is difficult stuff. And you know what she yeah. told me? You know what she says? She goes, and this is perfect. She goes, I don't want to have to do this again. Yes. And I'm yeah, like, girl. oh god. That reminds me of Laura when I was coaching her. So <laughs> we got we got to the you know to the peak of the dial phase of her gut protocol. And Austin, like, I don't know if you've experienced this, but when Laura's in a bad mood, everybody's in a bad mood. <laughs> it's just, I don't know if I've experienced it. Wait fully. a minute. Do you know someone else named Laura? I don't know who you're talking about right it's, now. It's just the worst. It's the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> so, like, she's just like miserable to the, like, to the nth degree, like, laying on the couch, you know, can't move. It was bad. Know, almost almost shitting herself every single time she's using the bathroom you know bad. all that stuff and bad. so she's got so she tells me you know i'm i'm doing this and i'm never doing it again like i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna put things in i'm gonna put things in place so that i don't ever have to go do this again and so now we're what a year and a half after that and you are you you've never gone back <laughs> and the only issue we had is as food has increased we've had to like kind of supplement some uh betaine so that you know we can help aid in digestion because she's eating way more food than she's ever eaten in her life but it, it, she's training you know really hard and her body composition is really good still and we're doing the daggone thing right so it, it's so it is a rarity to find that person with that mindset that like you say that 
because you know Laura out of the big you know out of the hundreds of clients I've had she's in the top five hundred percent we should give her a ribbon that would be fabulous <laughs> what it's color like- Blue? Right now, like right ribbon? now, it would be like, like they the, get like the blue ribbon. And like the they give the farm animal. Yes, at, at the county like fair? the big, the big fat sow at the county fair. That's, that's blue one. We'll give her, we'll give her most improved award. Right. Uh, not yet, not yet. But that, there, there is something to be said for that, right? Is I went through a miserable, it was miserable for me. And I don't like, and I think that's part of it too, that I try to help my clients understand is, how do you feel? And I always ask that when I when I do an intake. Tell me how you feel right now. Let's talk about how you're feeling. Why did you come to this point? Because what I want to do is I want to hear that. I want them to say it, like you said, Austin. But I want to be able to draw on that later because you don't want to feel that way again. We don't want you to feel that way. Like when I went through that, I don't ever want to feel that way again. I mean, I was super skinny. That was nice. But nothing, I don't want to feel that way. And so when I work with my clients, we talk about, you remember how you felt? Yeah. How do you feel now? Let's talk about how you feel now and how you don't want to go back to that. So I think that's important is when you're, when you're working through the long game with a client is you have to have so many tools in your toolbox and you have to have those notes. You have to know that person so that you can find what those things are that you can use to bring them back to where they need to be. Yeah. Yeah. To touch on that too, on, on, on my side of things, I have a client, Lexi, I know she won't mind me saying her name. Um, I actually talked to her today. We've been at this for five months and she couldn't do anything. She, she came to me completely incapable of following a meal plan of, um, doing anything consistent. And it was, it's all psychological stuff. Right. So I told her, I was like, I'm not going to put you on a meal plan. I want you to eat intuitively and I want you to track your habits for a little while and see what happens. And you would have thought that I told her to go jump off the closest bridge. She was not comfortable with that. And so that's where she started. Where she is today is completely different. When I talked to her on the phone, She's got a different tone. She's got a more positive outlook. She's not breaking down, you know, because something terrible has happened. She's starting to feel better. You know, she's got strength in the gym. She's actually going to the gym. She's on a meal plan now. And so, you know, the conversation was positive today, but two weeks ago, it wasn't positive. It was negative. You know, she was in a bad spot. And what I really wanted her to realize today is look back five months ago, do you even recognize the girl that you were when you came in, you, when you came to me? Because the girl that I see is significantly different. Now, her, in her mind, I'm sure when she was thinking about signing up with me, is, okay, in six months, I'm going to be better. In six months, I'm probably going to step on stage. In six months, whatever. Well, that didn't happen. Those expectations were not realized because her expectations were not where they should be. Now, when I talked to her, I set those expectations, but just because I set the expectation doesn't mean that 
I do a good enough job of managing that person to that expectation, A, B, that person doesn't always live there, like going back to Austin's point of reminding them, reminding them, reminding them. And the one thing that I've learned over time is humans are forgetful, you know, if I mean, I even think about like famous people who do terrible things in the news. How quickly do we forget? And then, you know, a month later, you're like, oh, yeah, um, Tiger Woods is a good guy. Is he? What Was he? I don't remember. And so at the end of the day, I think if you can see changes in your client over that period of time, if you have enough uh, bandwidth to get to know them and see the, some of the small things, that's helpful. Um, and I don't know, like with a client load like yours, Austin, how often you're seeing small changes in individuals um, in in these longer periods of time. I mean, I'm sure you see it, but, you know, yeah. do you find yourself sort of I know you treat everybody the same because I'm your client and that you treat me like a regular client. Um, even though we have a different friendship. Um, now I guess, how do you, how do you see the changes? Is that something that you see on a regular basis with everybody or is that just kind of a silo with the people who are higher performers as clients? No, I mean, if you can, <clears throat> You brought up a good point. So there's kind of two pieces to that. One is you can use that word buy-in because that's really what this is, is getting buy-in to, it's like, Ken, you know, sales, you've done sales, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like sales. Like you have to get, it's like sales, not in the sense that we're selling someone our service, but we have to, we have to basically sell them on what we're telling them. Like they have to believe in what we're doing. Right. Yes. And then once we once we get just enough buy-in and we start seeing some improvement, it's easier to get the next piece of buy-in and the next piece of buy-in. Right. It's that initial hump. Yes. And that's what I tell people too. I'm like, as soon as you start, as soon as you start seeing an improvement, whatever that might be, then generally those those next steps become a little bit easier to digest and and you know, you're a little more bought into that process. So that's why I think, uh, you know, during that coaching process, it's important to point those things out. Like, hey, you're not to this goal yet, but you also are not, you know, look at your update now compared to before. Like, do you notice that you're not, you know, hyper-focused on X, Y, Z, and you're not, you know, having this issue or this issue? Because a lot of time they're like, I want to get here but we have to celebrate those little, those little milestones along the way, whether it be mentally, physiologically, whatever, whatever it is. Right. Um, and, and that I think definitely helps the process. Laura, you kind of said that too. You know, it's like, I, I love to point that. That's one of my favorite things to point out to clients is like, man, you're, you know, look at, look at what you're talking to me about when you update me now. It's different, you know, you're not focused on these things anymore, you know, because, because you're bought into this process and you're doing what you, you know, what you're supposed to be doing. And, um, and man, I tell you what, like, anytime I see anything 
and and you see these patterns the more that you do it i always point it out always because they're like oh you're right that's great you know and and then we we exponentially building on that buy-in throughout the process but but i think a lot of people miss those things they're like ah, i'm not done with my SIBO protocol yet or i'm not to my show yet or i'm not i didn't gain the muscle yet or whatever but a before and after has a lot of milestones in between, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you, do you ever have an interaction with a client that's, you know, they're in a tough spot and they, they can't see where they are, or where they've come from. And do you stop, you know, go back to the original check-in, take that photograph and then marry it together with the current photograph and just send it to them and say, Hey, just as a reminder, because what I see is a lot of, a lot of my clients are not taking that. They're not doing that for themselves. You know, they're not taking the initiative to, to go back and look at the changes that they've made. So sometimes I have to take the initiative to go back and take that photograph and put it beside the current one. I didn't do it for Laura. I mean, there was one time where she was like, can you please just put my, my check-in photo side by side from the beginning to now so that I can see that I'm actually doing what I'm supposed to be doing here? Like, do you actually do that as a, as a coach also? Yeah. Whether it's physical photos or yeah. literally something they've told me, like, it doesn't always have to be a photo. It yes. doesn't have to be like, here's what you look like. Now here's what you look like. Sometimes it's just right, right, right. Here's what your attitude was. And now here's what your attitude is. And that well, it's even like me. I mean, let's just say from the time you've met me to now, I'm a different person, right? Like, when yeah, I write well, you, my check ins, it's, it's like you just, I think a lot of a lot of that process with getting that buy in and helping people through that process is just literally helping them sift through what they should be focused on because when they come in. They, they have a goal. We're like, okay, cool. We're going to help you navigate this goal. However, all the stuff that you think is going to get you to that goal is probably not really what we need to be looking at. Mm -hmm. exactly. Let's revamp that. Here's the stuff we need to be focusing on. Like, these are the things that are actually going to help you. And when you start getting that mindset shift, you're like, oh, well, they're not focused on their weight fluctuating around their menstrual cycle anymore. They don't care. Or they're not focused. Or, or, hey, you had a bad day uh, on Tuesday and you didn't freak out and email me Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. You're not doing that anymore because you're realizing that these, these little speed bumps or these fluctuations or these like acute issues don't really matter that much, you know? Yeah. So like you, when you start seeing that stuff, that's awesome, man. Like that, that to me is a telltale sign that somebody has, has some longevity now. And I feel like that's yeah. part of, that's part of what we should be doing, right? Because people focus tend to focus on the negative all the time. So they're always they're not going to be looking for those little positives that happen. And it becomes that here I am, I'm going to give you all these things, I'm going to show you these things, I'm going to remind you of these things. I'm going to make you feel good because these are truly things that are happening that you're not seeing because you're not looking for them. And as we do that, we're teaching them to start looking for those things. It's um, it's a thing called release of responsibility, right? A slow release of responsibility. I'm gonna show you how to do this. 
And then I'm going to just start asking you questions about things and I'm going to help you to get there on your own so you can see those things. And there's a ton of research. They were, um, I was just listening to some podcasts about it, a ton of research on the fact that, um, you know, those small things, those small steps towards that goal actually give you a better dopamine hit than actually hitting the goal, right? It's like yeah. someone, someone training for a marathon you know, the training is going to give you small hits of that dopamine, but you get to the marathon and it's like, well, whatever, it's over and you didn't get a big dopamine hit because of all the training. So it's like we're, we're helping those people to rewire their brain to look for those small pieces of um, positivity that are happening along the way so that they can enjoy the journey and not look so much at that goal. Right. It's like, well, why do we have people why do we ask for a certain piece of information when we check in? Like, why are you telling me all this stuff that I'm not asking you for? Right. <laughs> Maybe it's right. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm giving like you're a really straightforward example. You're a hundred percent right. Like, okay. Granted, granted the check-in, the check-in process and the feedback doesn't always account for stuff that might come up during the, you know, a week span or something like there's stuff you got to tell me. I get that. Sure. But sure. If 50% is, you know, filler and useless, that's a problem. Like, you know, when you got to sift through something and to find two pieces of information and the other 80% of it you is completely irrelevant to what you're actually doing, that's a problem, you know? Right. Um, you know, and, and we all see that. We all see that. And you can you can actually see that before you even start with someone right in the consultation process where the more of these you do, whether it's a, having a conversation with a person or a written consult, I mean, I can read a consult and I'm like, okay, well, I'm asking all these questions and you answer the questions, but only 10% of what you told me actually pertains to what I'm asking. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, well, that tells me a lot, right? <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. They're telling you things that they think uh, matter, and it's more about what matters to them. But we're, we're, what we're doing is we're taking that information and actually interpreting it into what the actual problem is. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's like reading between the lines. And sometimes, I mean, I have some clients who write me page, another page of stuff. And, yeah. uh, and yes, do I need it? Not necessarily, but sometimes it's helpful because then I can go, oh, see, you're like, you can see it right away. You're focusing on the wrong stuff. You've gone down a rabbit hole. We need to pull you back. Let's relax. Let's simplify things for you because now things have gotten completely out of control and you're crazy. So let's just, right? Yeah. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's just that they don't understand the mechanisms or, or how things work. I get that. You know, I just don't, I don't know how these things work or why I'm seeing what I'm seeing. Yeah. I'm going to explain that to you. I'm going to break it down simple. We're going to keep it simple and straightforward. That's not a problem. It's just when you're repetitively doing that over and over again, and we're still hyper-focusing on all these things that aren't really relevant to our success, mm -hmm. that's a problem. Yeah. Right. Like right. that's where I'm like, okay, well, Clearly, you know, clearly like these things hold so much weight to you, but they're not actually helping you, you know, get closer to your goal. Right. Yeah. So one more question. 
what is your average um what's the average longevity with a client for you in your like length of time yeah tenure um it's a good question and if i if i guess if i took if i really like broke everything down and, and got a a hard average, I would guess, I would guess close to a year. That's more. where I'm at. Yeah. You know, that's where I'm at. I think, average, I think you get better with me for a year. Yeah. I think you get better at it over time. Um, not every person's, not every person's goals or, or ambitions really warrant them being a client for five years. A hundred percent. You know, I mean, that's just not the reality of it, but, but I think there's, there's very, we'll put it this way. There are very few things that someone comes to you for that you don't need a year for. True. Yes. You're exactly right about we that. We could say that we could say that because, because let's say that their goal, let's say they are that rare person. That's, that's mostly ready to go right out of the box, which is not most of them. Let's say that they are that person. Well, we still learn the process do the process, sustain the process. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's still going to take us, you know, three months, six months, three months, something, you know, yeah, it's not, you're right. you're right. There's not a lot. They're like, there's not a lot of goals that people are going to really reach and maintain yeah. and form habits to maintain in much less time than that. So and another think, question. Honestly, and wait, wait is... a second. Hang on, hang on a second. I think what people forget when they work with some people forget when they work with a coach is is like so we're going to hit that goal, but then we have to maintain. So right. what I see people doing is like, and I hit the goal, jump, I'm done, go, and they're and it's like wait, 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 because then they leave, and three months later they're calling you back on. Oh my God, things just went off the rails, and so I like that you mentioned the fact there has to be that maintenance part where we, we kind of cement those habits. Yeah. I saw in my, my, uh, I think it was Facebook memories. I look at those pretty much every day. I see if there's anything I posted that I, that's worth resharing. It was something about, I must, <laughs> I went off on this one. I didn't repost it. I should have, but I was talking about like going on vacation right after prep and, and all this, you know, bad shit that was happening. Cause I must've had a bunch of people do it. And, uh, and how, like, how, like all these issues turned into basically like this six month escapade of having, to oh, yeah. Like, yeah. holy shit, uh-huh. man. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, the floodgates were opened and hell mm-hmm. rained down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was funny. Uh, me and Matt were talking about competitors and, and he, there was, there's one particular competitor that, uh, he it's a clear case of SIBO at the end of prep, you know, that's, that can be common, right? Cause the yeah, body goes sure. through such a stressful period of time. And, um, so this guy's got prep, he's got SIBO after prep and he, you know, he, he did one show that he did a national level show when he did this one show locally, right? He cheated where he, he had his cheat meal post show. This dude gained 20 pounds, 20 pounds. And, and it took them the next four weeks to peel off the 20 pounds and they got there, but it was a process, right? Like that wasn't supposed to happen. Well, 
then he goes national level show, play, you know, places decent for for the changes that he's made. Whatever, he's a good client. Well, me and Matt know he's got major gut issues, and he's one of those clients that like he probably knows in the back of his head, but he doesn't want to own it yet because he doesn't see the evidence in front of him. So he's you know cooking his meals and stuff. He's posting them on uh, Instagram, and it's like onions and garlic, like just tons of garlic and all this stuff. And Matt just sends me messages like, he's just uh, he's just making the SIBO even better for us to attack when it's all said and done. But um, you know, it's people people definitely go off the rails, and and they cause issues that last. If they were just to not go off the rails, then we would probably achieve the next goal that much faster if they just kept their head screwed on straight. Lisa was one too, where she, it took her a while to get back into the saddle. And now that she's back in the saddle, we're probably gonna be feet at the end of the year, but still at the end of the day, the growth phase that we were supposed to be in, all the things we were supposed to do are pushed forward and shortened. Because we had a, we had you know a period of time where she she wasn't on the saddle. Yeah. So yeah, I understand that. We're 100%. like, let's go post show hype train, baby. <laughs> like, I'll talk to you in a few months. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's wheel, so true. wheel your ass in on one of those little wheel motorized carts. <laughs> uh, awesome. So it sounds like we're, uh, when we say short game versus long game, I think we're all on the long game train. Sounds like. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't, I mean, I think, you know, you and I, Laura, you and I were talking a little bit before Austin got on, on the podcast. And I think, you know, to the clients out there listening to this podcast, if you're coming to me with a short term goal, let's say it's going back to the wedding thing. That's cool. That's fine. That's not a big deal. However, you know that, that the look that you want for your wedding, that's what you really want to sustain. It's not just for that particular period of time. So why are, you, why are we focused on such a short period of time? Like, what are you doing signing up with me if you don't want to make a lifestyle change or if you don't want to make an actual change and not revert back to these functional issues that you have? Or even, you know, from a, a competitor standpoint, like, the ones that prep after prep after prep after prep and they don't make changes from show to show to show like what is your actual goal and do you really expect it to be short term and is that is that reasonable i don't think it is and um you know maybe sit down with yourself before you hire a coach or when you're interviewing coaches and really try to think okay long term what is the goal because I don't think anybody's thinking long-term anymore. Do you, Austin? Always, man. <laughs> always. We're always long-term. <laughs> but do you, but yeah. do you think everybody's, do you think everybody's thinking long-term? I don't think so. I don't think, I even think the ones that, that say they are, aren't generally, you know, they're always yeah. like, I, I certainly know my mindset shifted over, shifted over the years. Like I, I'm like, all right, every, every year I want to project a little further ahead. You can't account for obstacles. Like there's things that'll happen, but I certainly don't want to, you know, shoot myself in the foot before I even get there. 
Yes. You know, and that's, right. it's tough. I mean, I get it. It's tough. It normally takes screwing up. But the problem is when you keep screwing up, mm. keep screwing up, you know, eventually you're, you have to learn or, or good luck with, you know, getting anywhere long-term. I love right. the quote. Someone said, you either win or you learn. There's no alternative. That's kind of the mindset you have to have. You're going to win or you're going to learn. You'll learn. The thing is you will learn, but do you do anything with it? Well, true. I mean, that's right. That's the piece that you have to, you have to take action. You can't just sit there with your knowledge. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. All right. Cool. Well, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate you coming on today, Austin. It was great to see you. Um, I know Kenneth is still recovering from his weekend, so we will send you guys away. And uh, as always, if you want to get a hold of any of us, we'll have our information in the show notes. Um, Austin, so great to have you on. Thanks for coming on again. Yeah, I appreciate it. Anytime. Awesome. Thanks. You guys have a great week. We'll take See it you. easy. Yep, bye bye. bye.